Oh, hey girls, it's me, KG, and we're back for another episode of A Tiny Revolution, and I am so pleased that you're here today. Hope you're doing good. Hope you are staying on top of your depression. I hope that you are registered to vote, and if not, please go right now to votesaveamerica.com. Make sure that you figure out where you're registered, where your voting is, and start making a plan, because right now in battleground states across the country, the Trump administration is making it incredibly difficult for people to vote this year. But the way so voter suppression fails is when we refuse to let it work. So please, if you have registered, amazing. Go check your registration again and make sure that you're registered. Make a plan to vote. Vote early if you can. Vote by absentee ballot if you can. And let's really bring this home. We've only got like around like mm, 50 some odd days till the election. So let's not slow down. Let's keep going with unspeakable joy and unspeakable hope. And uh, let me tell you what, that is the thing that's keeping me going is that there's a lot of bad shit going on right now. There's a lot of things that are completely unjust. And I have hope. I have hope because you're going to show up. I have hope because I know that I'm going to show up. And when we show up, that means God is showing up. And so I have faith and I'll hold on to hope even when you can't. So just know that I love you. We're doing great. Please make sure you're taking care of yourself in this time. And I hope that today's conversation uh, is, a, is a boon for you. This conversation today is with feminist theologian and author Megan Watterson. I connected with Megan Watterson over Instagram and was just very honored that she would take time to talk to me about her experiences as a as a feminist theologian and somebody who's worked in you know similar theological fields as somebody who has uh, more expansive ideas about faith and what it means to be divinely connected and even about Christianity. Let me tell you a little bit more about Megan. Like I said, she's the author of the book Reveal, The Sutras of Unspeakable Joy, The Divine Feminine Oracle Deck, which if you are into Oracle Decks or Tarot, that's your next deck you need to purchase, and the book Mary Magdalene Revealed, which I think is probably the most important text I read while I was in seminary. She's the co-author of How to Love Yourself and Sometimes Other People, and she holds a Master's of Theological Studies from Harvard and Master's of Divinity from Union Theological Seminary at Columbia, and she is one of the most intelligent creatures I've ever met. She facilitates the Red Ladies, a community of radical love that lets her preach about female saints, mystics, gurus, and poets who inspire to inspire and teach us to live in service of love. She leads retreats, workshops on the Divine Feminine, Mary Magdalene, and the Soul Voice Meditation. Her work has appeared in media outlets such as the New York Times, Forbes, Huffington Post, Marie Claire, and so on and so forth. And she lives right now with her old soul son and his exuberant goldfish named Bob. Today in the conversation, we kind of dive into the deep end and really talk about this idea of the Christianity that we haven't tried yet. Um, I know that you're going to love this conversation with, with Megan as much as I did. And uh, yeah, so wherever you are, grab yourself something to drink and let's hop into this amazing conversation with my good Judy on the internet, Miss Megan Watterson. see religious tattoos i'm just like either you are like deeply into spirituality or like your religious upbringing really affected you and we need to <laughs> find you a therapist yeah no he's just he's just very very spiritual i like your skull in the background thank you they're all over my apartment um and it's a that's the tattoo on this arm is very mary magdalene let me tell you what, and so it's so interesting too is that in my own journey of like understanding things for myself and how God's been getting at me, all of these symbols have like cropped up throughout my life. And now at the end of like graduate school and studying and opening myself up to the infinite beyond and whatnot. And I was like, Oh, that's why I was into that. Which uh, by the way, I'm going to geek out for point two. Your book is so fucking incredible. And I was crying as I was listening to it over the weekend and just like having your delightful voice in my ears. But it was like, there was a missing puzzle piece that has finally fallen into place. And I'm like, oh, this is why none of it made sense. It's because I was missing <laughs> half the fucking story. Um, 
But before I jaw on and, you know, ask, you know, I always ask this question to people who come hang out here is we're at a, you come to a cool cocktail party, wherever that is. And the people there are really chill. Um, They're not the kind of people who are going to side eye you for anything. And they say, oh my gosh, you look really interesting. And, you know, what's your deal? And you, what would you say if you're introducing yourself to somebody? I, I go straight to it. I say I'm a feminist theologian and that always guarantees that we'll have an interesting conversation. There's no, I, I, I don't do small talk. Like I'm incapable Mm, of it. So I, it's just, I sweat and I get awkward. Like I can't do it. I can't do small talk. So if I say I'm a feminist theologian, it immediately goes to, you know, what's that? What's that mean? Like, you know, break that down for me and how'd that happen to you? And why is that what you are? Yeah. How did that happen to you? Is those, yeah, it really, and that's how it happens sometimes. Spirituality like more happened, happens with you and to you. It's just like, I didn't ask for this, but just showed up and then this is what happened. Well, I needed it in order to exist. Yeah. Mm, come on. And you are the author of two books. Two books now? Um, actually, there's a little book of poetry I wrote called um, The Sutras of Unspeakable Joy. And that was a, a project I had so much fun doing where I wrote 40 poems for 40 days, um, really trying to suture myself with my soul. So it's, it's like this kind of back and forth, but it's also meant to be a dialogue between Christ and Mary at, at parts. Mm. And, um, but it's really about the soul, like having conversations, like a dialogue with the soul. So, so there, there was that. Um, and no, it, I, I wrote Reveal first, mm-hmm. a, a sacred manu- manual for getting spiritually naked. And then I wrote, um, I co-authored a book with a Buddhist named Lodro Rinsler, and it's called um, How to Love Yourself and Sometimes Other People. <laughs> yeah, I need that, honestly. <laughs> um, and then I did something called the Divine Feminine Oracle, which is mm-hmm. really meant to be... Um, a teaching tool, not just for trying to hear the soul more often, like to really get to the truth of whatever might be up for you, whatever question you might have, but it's also meant to educate people about Mm. so many of these saints and mystics and gurus and, you know, female leaders, spiritual religious leaders throughout time that really, you know, haven't been in the light, like haven't mm-hmm. really been at the, at the table in conversations about the divine. So mm-hmm. uh, I really wanted to bring in some obscure, but phenomenal sacred rebels, you know, throughout mm-hmm. time. Um, so there was the divine feminine Oracle and that really prepared me in a way to approach this book on Mary Magdalene, which was really the book. I feel like I've, I've always been meant to write. I feel like mm-hmm. it, m- my entire life to a certain extent has been preparing me for it. So mm-hmm. both personally and also um, academically. So, and, and that, that writing before in those different subjects uh, really, really helped me get to um, just the truth of what mm-hmm. I needed to tell about Mary and her mm-hmm. gospel. Yeah. I think what I loved, because I'm such a theology nerd and um, finishing my master's in practical theology. And so the conversation we're constantly having a practical theology is like, what constitutes sound theology? According to like, you know, the academic gatekeepers who say that the gospel, you know, is just these books. Right. Um, Right. Or that it's like, and what practical theology blows blows the, the walls off of is saying like, no, no, no. We have to like talk about everyone's actual lived experience. And then also when we have new data, that has to be factored in. And the fact is like, what I love so much about your book is it's not just, this is what I experienced and this is what I feel, but like, this is like the actual historical documents right. that have led me to this conclusion. Right. Like I have gone and searched around the world for this like historical person of Mary Magdalene, both like as a historical person and also as 
my guide and esoteric teacher. Right. And that's what I appreciated so much about it is like, it's not just accessible for like those of us out here who live in the woo-woos, but for people who are actually wanting to understand it from a historical perspective, how we got a male dominated Christianity. Right. Right. It was, it was very important to me. Um, it's also a part of who I am. I was raised in the Midwest, you know, we're, we're really salt of the earth type people. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and, um, I wasn't raised spiritual or religious in any way. I was raised feminist. And so I was somewhat of an anomaly, kind of a unicorn among horses and Mm -hmm. no one really knew what to do with me and relatable. Yeah. And so, but in order, I don't know if you find this to be true, but it was, as if there was, and, and it's really the only way I can describe it, this pulsating, you know, great big unsayable love inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I somehow existed more intensely than others around me. And I had to search for what would match, what would meet that intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to find what on the outside, what really was the truth of what I already contained. And Mm -hmm. that for me arrived when I found Mary's gospel and, Mm -hmm. or when it found me. And, um, you know, that, that process of, of getting to the point of Mm -hmm. finding it really was also in a sense, what the gospel teaches, which Mm -hmm. is to begin to really go inward and to Mm -hmm. trust what we find when we get still and, mm-hmm. and go inward and really listen. Um, and we trust what we find inside of us so much then that we make our life about that union, mm-hmm. you know, listening, getting still listening, and then having the love and the fierce, you know, courage to mm-hmm. bring that forward or to seek and seek and seek until mm-hmm. we find it you know, till, till we feel that sense of being matched, that resonance. Mm. And it's one of like, I think like, because like we're steeped in the waters of, well, I've lived in the South my whole life. So like I've steeped in evangelicalism for like all of my days. And, um, I think even just in general, because of uh, Western Christianity and American Christianity, people have like this already like, didactic and narrow view of what christianity is when really like there's a whole history of christianities plural right that barely makes it to the surface there are all these writings and stories um that you bring up also like uh i've read the uh the passion of saint perpetua yeah i read that in one of my classes do you remember the part where uh is that the same story where like she has a vision where she gets up on top of the dragon and meets Jesus yeah. in heaven. Yeah. And then he makes some, some cheese, some cheeses. <laughs> like that's my favorite. I was like, Oh, she didn't include the part about the little cheesecakes, man. That's what it got me. I'm just like, Jesus is a baker. Y'all. Jesus. He loved dairy. <laughs> loved dairy. <laughs> yeah. There, there were, there were, so many stories that revealed a very dynamic Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't he care for our body and soul, y'all? Come on now. <laughs> um, but like, that's what I, 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 I resonate so deeply with what you're saying of like, if you are like, if you have this inclination that there's got to be more to this thing. Right. It's because there is. Right. And right. I think the other part of it, I was having a conversation with someone the other day um, one of my friends who, when I met him, he identified as Baha'i and, you know, was raised Jehovah's witness. So like, there's a whole bunch of, you know, issues around, uh, I think like wanting, a, wanting an answer and wanting a system yeah. when I think more and more there's like, there's not a system, but there are practices you can try. Right. Um, and I think what I loved on top of just like, introducing readers to just, I think like a really good, like the, the base Gnostic gospel, the things like start here, you introduce people to that. 
you tell your own story, and then you also talk deeply about your practice of uh, soul voice meditation, which you yeah. developed and talked about in your last book, yeah? Yeah, yeah, as well. That, and, that's, but, a big, that's a big part of that going inward and knowing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a big part of the history of Christianity, but mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not one that leaped the fence from monasticism into mm-hmm. the sort of, you know, secular or lay, mm-hmm. you know, ecumenical world. It, it's not something that's practiced when we show up at whatever denomination or mm-hmm. church we go to. Um, but it is actually a part of the Christian tradition, which really surprised me when I came across that in mm-hmm. um, divinity school at seminary. Mm-hmm. So I was, I just had only ever thought of meditation being anchored in Buddhism. So mm-hmm. I was, I was so excited and really floored that, mm-hmm. that this, there was this whole history of contemplative prayer within the Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. So. And that's, I think like, that was a discovery. I was, a you know, I'm the, I'm on, I'm an Enneagram nerd and big fan of Richard Rohr's. Um, oh, yeah. work and that's like what's really brought me into like my contemplative practice um, at least starting out like that was like my gateway drug was the immortal diamond <laughs> and I love him oh, and I Cynthia just, Bourgeau yes please they're amazing yeah Yeah. so what is uh, you've got this book out now and you've been beginning to talk about it with more people what has been the general reaction to like what you've brought into the world I I've, I've been surprised by the amount of people that have said, you've put words to something that I've mm. always felt was true. Yes. You know, the, like a sense of identifying with the, the story and the text and the sense of something missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've also been really surprised by, um, I, I think I really thought that the majority of, people who would be reading this would be female or female identified. Mm. Um, and it, it really hasn't been, it's been, mm. it's been across the board. There've been so many men who've written into me, who've taken the time to write into me and to say how much they appreciated the, the information about Mary's gospel and how much they felt that it has mm-hmm. been missing from their lives and that it's something that they've always sensed um, was true about, mm-hmm. you know, that there was more to the story than she was prostitute. There was more to yes. that story. And, um, you know, so it's been, it's been very, it's been very fascinating mm-hmm. to see how much of a chord this um, struck mm-hmm. and that it isn't just one population. It right. seems to be um, very mixed, which is a testament to Mary's gospel, really, mm-hmm. I think, because um, the, the time really has arrived for that story yes. and for that sense of intimacy that her mm-hmm. gospel relates um, mm-hmm. about that ancient dialogue that she had with Christ and Mm -hmm. that there were teachings he gave to her that Mm -hmm. were uniquely meant for their relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it just seems to resonate with so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the aspect of, um, you know, to a certain extent, like within the Methodist church and um, just the climate, post-Trump, there's, there's been, you know, a, a lot of um, confusion and ignorance again around, or there always has been, but mm-hmm. it's been louder in terms of homophobia being institutionalized yeah. and being, you know, weaponized as this religious and spiritual truth. And um, so I think that's also been, been a theme that's been really powerful and important mm-hmm. is people resonating with the fact that, you know, if, if God is God, God is love. And that extends Mm -hmm. to everyone, everything, Mm -hmm. like there could not be a condition like Mm -hmm. then that would not be God. So the amount of resonance for that has been um, really exciting Mm -hmm. for me and life affirming that so many people are like, 
of course, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, a, that's it. That's really the feeling is, Oh yeah. Of, co- of course. Oh yeah. Also, I was just thinking a little in the Croix earlier, just saying like we're soul siblings for sure. <laughs> um, I think what I appreciate about that too, is that um, I talked to so like within like, I still run within like oddly enough queer, pro- queer and progressive Christian circles just, just cause like it's where I ended up for right now. And there's so many times when I talk to straight men who have so much shame around the the problem of the straight white male and the problem that the straight the straight white man TM causes for society. And there's this deep ingrained sense of shame. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. Like that's it's like you're not meant to be shamed. It's just like, and I think as I've like the first like my introduction to Mary Magdalene was started with the Magdalene manuscript. I don't know if you ever gotten oh, into yeah. her. Yeah. And so I was I already that. here for like this beautiful love story between Yeshua Ben Joseph and you know, Miriam of Magdala. And le- and then after reading your text and like your research and having like reading your experiences as well, it's like being able to make Jesus into somebody who actually had a real ass relationship with somebody and a real ass relationship with real people. Yeah, I feel like it says like, you're not meant to be ashamed of any part of yourself, including your own body, no matter what body you were born into. Right, right. And just like, if you want to look, want to see healthy masculinity, right? There right. is this like beautiful, like Jesus partnering with Mary Magdalene. That's the answer. That's the answer to your healing, right there. And I think that that's a layer that's coming through in so many layers of different spiritual movements that are happening right now. Yeah, is is seeing the embodiment of both mm-hmm. um, of the of the divine in the female and the male form, yes. and th- and that ultimately, you know. It's the, it's the body that allows us, you know, in, in the gospel of Philip, uh, there's this amazing quote Mm. that says, um, what you say, you say in a body, you can say nothing outside the body, Mm -hmm. um, awaken while in this body resurrect in this life. Mm, Yes. So, so the emphasis is it's not a punishment to be human. Being human is the whole point. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the body is the soul's chance to be here. So it's Ugh. not it's not meant to exist in our um, you know idea of being alive that somehow being human is lowly mm-hmm. or beneath the divine you know or that the soul is more important than mm-hmm. the body the the soul can't be here without the body so mm-hmm. it's really seeing that um, that way that we're all so interconnected mm-hmm. and that there isn't this hierarchy. Um, You know, the world outside of us creates a very, very clear and very strong hierarchy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in politics and everything. And this, this idea that even humanity is somehow above the, the the earth itself or the the natural world, right? Like we're, Mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm. beginning to see that that mindset is, destruction that isn't mm-hmm. truth it's destruction and that we we you know the the what we have of the gospel of mary magdalene opens with this statement that every nature every modeled form every creature exists in and with each other mm-hmm. so that is this radical idea that every single nature form modeled form everything Mm-hmm. Every creature exists in and with each other. So, yes. so rather than like when we only have this image of God as this male, you mm-hmm. know, as this male figure and that's it. Um, there, and there isn't any kind of partner or counterpart in the mm-hmm. gospel of Philip. She's Mary of Magdala is referred to as his kanonos in Greek, which is his partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no way to, uh, empirically declare that that partnership meant that they were married or meant that they had sex. Mm. There's no way to, to, to do that. For me, it's less important than, mm. than simply going on the fact that they were partners, that mm-hmm. they were somehow um, unified, that mm-hmm. in some way his ministry and hers were linked. Yes. You know? um, and, and that there was, 
there were teachings, there are teachings that mm-hmm. are meant to come through her, mm-hmm. you know, that he inspired. And yeah. that to me feels more important for us to, to receive that, that she had something very mm-hmm. unique and uh, extraordinary to, to teach us mm-hmm. because of their unique relationship, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. I think that the way that you described it in the text about, it was almost just like, you said it's just like Mary's love for Jesus was partly like I was, uh, I was, um, there's like all these things like, like people would say, well, why didn't Jesus appear to Mary mother of Jesus first? And I'm just like, well, maybe because he had like this, like you said in the book, like Mary had the eyes to see. Right. Mary had the condition of heart, like the, right. Like she saw it. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, Mary Magdalene, she saw it. She looked for it. Right. She looked for the Christ. And also, I didn't realize this until you pointed out in the book. You're just like, I just want to point out that when Mary came to the tomb, she could see angels. And everyone just seems to gloss over that. And she's just like unbothered. I'm like, oh, shit. That's true. And also, like, Mary, mother of Jesus, apparently, like, talked to an angel, too. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, an angel. I'm like, that's What? You're telling me that you can be- you can believe that just angels just appear out of nowhere, but the fact that we want to expand the canon a little bit is just like hypocrisy <laughs> and heresy. Come on, Brenda. Come on. You think Jesus came back from the dead? That's a crazy ass claim. I'm just saying that maybe more people talked about it than just what we put in the canon. I don't know. I'm just casual observer here. What do I know? So tell me like in your own work as like, has, how's your, let me ask you this. When you first started out talking about all these different practices and the things you were learning uh, at Union. Also, let me ask you this, like your time at Union as a non-Christian seminarian, <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> because like, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a Presbyterian seminary and like, I'm Christian most days, at least Christian <laughs> enough for them. But just like if they walked into my apartment and saw like Lakshmi over in the corner, I'm <laughs> fucked, you know? I I did get, you know, and I described one of them in the book, you know, a few hairy eyeballs um, in some of my classes because of the question. I've never heard that term before. So I, I assume it's like that's a side like, eye, like. Yeah, it's like, but it's, it's like, it's, it's a hairy side eye. It's like, yeah, it's like. You know, it, yeah, there's like real like, inquisitive, like, one like it's like, I'm going to attack you slightly, you know, almost just like, like, I'm, I have to like, look at you with my good eye to see how to size you up. <laughs> this is my good eye. <laughs> when I don't wear my contacts, like I'll bring like my phone, like right up to like right here and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 um, there's definitely, there's definitely, you know, you're sort of suspect of the person mm-hmm. if you're giving them a, a hairy eyeball, but so mm-hmm. I, I got that a lot because I asked questions that Mm -hmm. I think someone who was raised within the church wouldn't necessarily ask. Mm. Um, So, so I did get the occasional, what are you doing here? You know, a a sort of confusion, a genuine confusion around, you know, why are you dedicating three years of your life to seminary, Mm. to theological, to this level of theological Mm. study, if you know that you're never going to be ordained or even necessarily walk into a church, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, and I can say this, just, it, it's always, it has always had to do with that trust of mm-hmm. knowing where I needed to be um, and that going inward and, and listening to the way I'm being nudged by that great big unsayable love inside of me and trusting it. And, mm-hmm which doesn't mean I, I didn't doubt it or, you know, um, have, have my dark nights of the soul. But mm-hmm. when I was there, there, there were, there were people who, who really understood. I mean, union is progressive and is liberal and, um, you know, there were a lot of, um, liberation, liberation theologians. There were other feminist theologians. There were people who understood that, um, well, mostly my, my professor, uh, Hal Talsig, who mm-hmm. was, you know, had created the course loosening the canon 
he really understood the need for basically having another um, council of Chalcedon and, Mm -hmm. you know, basically bringing us all together. It's like, what have we learned so far from the Mm -hmm. theology that we have been preaching? What have we learned? And, Mm -hmm. and if we know that the, the people who created this, you know, the current version of the Bible were all male and were all interested in, you know, keeping the hierarchy Mm -hmm. that, that, Constantine wanted to make sure was integrated into a very radical, mm-hmm. uh, very radical renegade cult called Christianity before the fourth century. Come on, it, somebody. So he really wanted to recreate that, but invite women, um, the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. um, the African American community. He wanted every race, every, he wanted everyone to be at the table creating and what would that Bible look like? And Mm -hmm. that's the new New Testament, which is what I use. Um, And that's what they, they created. And it was both scholars and ordained Mm -hmm. uh, ministers and preachers. And it just, I, I, I love it because it includes all of these or many Mm -hmm. of these scriptures that were originally excluded. And Mm -hmm. to me, it, it creates a much um, truer and a much more whole picture of who Christ might have been and what mm-hmm. Christ may have been wanting to impart to mm-hmm. us. Mm. So. Can I just say yes and amen, mom? <laughs> Ugh. Listen, I'm a, I go to a, a little queer black Baptist church down here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so like we shout <laughs> the entire time I was just like, yes, ma. <laughs> And that, to me, gets me excited about faith. Yeah. And about just, like, awakening in general is this opportunity to... And what's so, you know, like, it's been pointed out by a bazillion different people, like Phyllis Stickle was saying, like, every 500 years, we have a giant awakening reformation situation happening. And I'm like, aren't we in like year 502 of it since the, <laughs> since the Protestant Reformation? It's like, I look around, but like, I don't even think it's like going to be a reformation any longer because it's just like, we now, we now recognize that this system. Yeah. It's, I always, I always look at people and just like, you guys, the church was an experiment that the data points to not good things. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's part of me that's just like, I'm really ready for this thing to just like, shrink down, disappear, stop doing horrible things and learn to do what is good. And then I read books like yours and I'm just like, that's the Christianity I can get behind. Like you, I think you described it in the, like the afterwards, just like, I imagine like it's about circles and yeah. people like becoming authorities of their own experiences exactly, and being yeah. able to look at scripture and say, okay, what am I getting out of this? Or even right. like, even if you don't have a holy text, like looking at your life as the holy text to say, what is spirit done so far and what is spirit doing and what does spirit want to do? And also what do I want to do? Right. And realizing that your will and God's will are the same thing when you really write it down. Yes. A decentralizing of that power Mm. that the church claimed, you know, in the fourth century. Yes. That, that somehow that institution knows God in a way that we have to kind of ask for entry into. And the, I think, you know, to me, it's always been exciting that it's not over. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a dialogue. Like it's, it's always evolving. Like it, it didn't just happen one and done, at, you know, 2000 years ago. It's, it's always, it was always meant to be mm-hmm. evolving and a conversation and a dialogue with what we're realizing and what mm-hmm. we're coming into, what we're becoming. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, really reclaiming mm-hmm. so much of the power that we've given to the yes. institution of the church and mm-hmm. reclaiming it and saying, wait, but what is God for me? You know, mm-hmm. what would, does God really want me to hate certain people or to, mm-hmm. you know, believe that because I am a certain way, then I am somehow to be ashamed of who I am? Like, is that really true? Or is that something that somebody is putting on me? Mm -hmm. Like, 
like what what is really true for me and mm-hmm. you know love is love is love is love and mm-hmm. when we meet with it 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 really articulates itself in the same way in all of us it's very clear it's very it's like, clear and that's the thing it's like people will want to say just like well i'm just letting you know that you're going to hell because i love you and i'm just like <laughs> okay aunt tammy no i'm just kidding my aunt tammy has never said that to me i love my aunt tammy but brenda or sheila or whoever's out there but yes. they come up to the karens and the beckys and they're just like i just want to tell you this because i love you i'm just like i don't know if you know this but everyone is a, like we know what love feels like and we right. know what love does not feel like. Exactly. And so exactly. many of us have been tricked into thinking, oh, actually, no, you don't know what's good for you. You don't even know what love is, but we can show you, you know, we can show you what love is. It's like, you know, it's, you know, it, I look at like so many, especially cause you know, I come from the queer Christian world and coming from that background where you know what half, you know what it feels like to like, be tolerated and not welcomed right. you know what it feels oh, like yeah. it's just like believe it's just like i feel like the wave of spirit right now is saying just like can you believe what like the truth in front of you yeah. can you like can you believe people when they show you who they are and that's right. not to say that they're not beloved themselves that's just to say that you're wasting your energy trying to change them right trying to change them and get you like I know for me, I spent years trying to convert this one church. It's like, well, you'll notice my suffering. Look at me. And for so many of us, like we think that like, it's going to be one of those um, Syrophoenician women on the side of the road. Like, you know, even dogs eat, crumb, eat the crumbs from the tables. And Jesus was like, oh shit, it shouldn't have been that way. It should, she shouldn't have had to beg. Right. And so even Jesus has changed his mind. And so I have to remind myself that Christ doesn't even think that I should be eating crumbs. Right. And so why am I sticking around in spaces and environments and in churches, uh, in family systems, in whatever that is crumbs? Right. Like, baby, there's a whole feast out here in the wilderness, mama. Right. Right. And it's and it all comes down to like people are just so scared of hell. We're so scared of being separated. So scared of being wrong, even. Yeah. And I'm like, it, that's what I was it, like. I I would love to be wrong. I would <laughs> like for there for there to be more things to be revealed to me. You know. Yeah, it's fear. It's fear ultimately, and we mm. can feel it immediately because mm. of the body. We mm-hmm. can just feel it. Yeah. And, and I've had that. I've had that a lot especially after uh publishing the book i've Mm -hmm. I've had a a lot of encounters with um you know people feeling i am the devil yeah (laughs) false prophet the blood of a generation is on your hands oh i love getting those emails (laughs) excuse me i am so sorry I, I had it on Do Not Disturb, I swear. God, this is what happens when, like, you... Hey, everyone, all of you home studio podcasters, this is real life. What is... um? Let me ask you this, because, like, I feel like you and me, like, float around and, like, have been, like, working on developing our practices for a while now. Um what would you say, say somebody is just now branching outside of like, you know, they like Jesus, they're not cool with Christianity, but they want to reconnect with that um, sense of just being connected to spirit and yeah. to the holy. Where do you think that they, like someone who's just now branching into this kind of stuff should start? Well, I would say go within because I haven't mm-hmm. found, I haven't found the external place of worship yet. I mean, I mm. have, I have an online spiritual community, but otherwise I don't, you know, I haven't found that, that external church or temple or um, mm-hmm. place where, where a, a text, a, a sacred, you know, text like the new New Testament would be, mm-hmm. uh, would be used. And um, so, so I, I would say go within mm-hmm. um, and, it sounds very simple, but it's, it's not, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very profound and um, you know, you meet with everything. So, Mm -hmm. 
And then it's like you have this barometer. You have this, you have this way then of being led to that right next book, that right mm-hmm. next person, that right next, um, I was going to say thing to attend, but we're, we're not attending anything yeah. these days. But you, you just, you're led. You're led from within. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that only starts to happen when we can get brave enough to mm-hmm. get still and to begin yes. to go inward and really listen and meet with what's in, inside the heart. And, you know, it is not, it is not uh, kitty cats and rainbows, you know, that mm-hmm. it is, it is Joan of Arc, like armor up, like you, yeah. you will have to go through, you know, just listen, to make, to make it sound appetizing. It's like, listen, narrow yeah. is the pathway that leads to salvation, mama. <laughs> That's the thing is that people out here, they think, they think we're on the wide path. They would think we're just out here just like, woo, having a great, it's like, nah, bitch. It's just like, it's a slippery slope. No, it's an arduous uphill battle. People are throwing spears at you. It's like, there's mud, there's rain, there's fire, there's the lightning. And then when you get to the top of it, you realize, oh fuck, there's another one. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's a slippery slope, mom. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. So it's an adventure. It's, it's, but it's the ultimate pilgrimage. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. it, it was, it was, uh, I did have to go and find Mary Magdalene's caves in the Mm -hmm. South of France. Like I did physically have to go and do that, but, Mm -hmm. but the, the most important pilgrimage I could ever go on is the one Mm -hmm. where I, you know, began to really, go inward regularly mm-hmm. um every single day right. no matter what and it it just it changes everything everything mm-hmm. yes so we have everything that we need right now all of us all you know shut in and mm-hmm. forced to to be for most of us more alone than we've ever been yes. or more in need of uh, some psychic space than we've ever had for those who are, you know, shut in with like a lot of family. Mm-hmm. Um, shout but, out to all, like you're a, you're a mama, right? Yeah. Let me tell you what, y'all parents out there, I don't know how you do it. Oh, it's, you know, my, I'm, I am deeply, deeply, deeply blessed because I'm madly in love with my child. <sighs> and, we, and we have just this unreal mm. relationship, but, Fifth grade math. Oh my God. The new, new math. Oh, they're fucking us up, man. It's, I mean, I I literally, I've had panic attacks just trying to help him with his, his math. I mean, (laughs) I thought that spirit, I thought that love and math were the two universal languages, but apparently not anymore. Brenda, they got us. They came and they're just like, they're just like, Oh, you thought (laughs) I could teach him anything except new math. (laughs) It's like, it's, you know, I feel like the I feel like a, some sympathetic panic in my stomach happening. <laughs> yeah. I I, uh, I don't have any children. It's on my list. I would l- there like right now. I think because I am a single human living by myself, and yeah. uh, I'm there's a part of me that's like, oh, I would give anything just to be around some kids right now yeah. because yeah. they have no idea how fucked up everything is right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> I um I'm also like an uncle, so like that happened oh, over this yeah. past year. So like Oh, that's great. My little niece just turned two Aww. and my brother, who I have seen become just the greatest version of himself since oh. he's become a father. It's like I'm like, yeah. you were a shithead in high school. Like how did you <laughs> how did you do this? Yeah, he rose to the occasion. I love he that. He really did. Yeah. Um, but uh he blew up an entire like bounce house in their living room just for his daughter's second birthday. He's like, what else am I going to do? I'm like, that's, yeah, you're a good dad. Um, I, I'm just, uh, I'm thankful for you. Can I just like say that just like from soul to soul, person to person, like your book, I have said this to a few people is probably the most important book I have ever consumed in my time in seminary. Like my hard copy is on the way. And, um, I just feel like you like you've you're gonna be opening doors for so many people to like take back this narrative that's been colonized and weaponized and 
really distorted and it's dragging that out of the shadow and into the light so that it can be finally be healed. Like there's an entire, I feel like soul wound of so many generations that is ready to accept that we could actually be in touch with God. Um, And I feel like the way that you have told, like the way that you have told your story uh, and the way that you just love the world so well, like I'm, uh, I'm just thrilled to see what happens next because you're a powerhouse and you're already leading so many humans back and uh, <laughs> it's really thankful. Truly. Thank you. Yeah. I'm grateful. We know each other now. Yeah. I'm, I, I want to be real ass friends with you. Cause you like, <laughs> you, you seem dope as shit. Sorry. Also like I am, I don't know if this is like a thing around like queer community is just like, we just, we cuss so much about everything <laughs> and being at home. Like I've got like zero filter and I'm like, I really hope that no one's offended by this, but then it's like, <laughs> let me hit you with some rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. You don't actually, it doesn't have to be rapid fire. It can be whatever you want it to be. You ready? Okay. Yes. What's one thing you like about yourself? Um, I've always loved my eyes. Mm. Yeah. They are quite lovely. Yeah, I've always loved them. Mm. What's one thing in your life that you are super proud of? Um, I clean behind my toilet. Yes! And, you know, I, I've always, like, I've always just been someone who, I do the hard work. I do the dirty work. And that's across, mm. across the board. Like, I'm very thorough, you yes. know? And I, and I seek it out, and I want to see it. I want to see the dirt. I want to be down there, like... Mm. Dirt in and your that, fingernails. And that's in the who I am. Yeah, and that's who I am. It's across the board. You know, mm. that's who I am. <laughs> I, like, I like you so much. Uh, what's one thing that, like, genuinely pisses you off, just, like, knocks you off your cool? Um, I have a little bit of road rage. Yo! Yeah, I really do. I really do. And when people are, like, reckless, like, when they'll just, you know cut in front of me or tailgate me or I just it really really talk about swearing like I Mm. instant sailor I mean I just I get so angry when people you know sort of risk both Mm -hmm. of our lives like I just think it's so careless I'm just like yes like you you cannot be in that big of a hurry honey (laughs) exactly nothing nothing can be that important nothing could be that important that's exactly what I say so I often will get in my road rage and I'm just, I will get just like, fuck you. I fucking hate you. God hates you too. Just kidding. I don't hate you. You're a beloved child of God, but you root. Cause I'm just like, words are powerful. You know what I'm saying? So I want to like, my gosh. I'm just like, listen, Jesus told me to pray for my enemies. And I was thinking, um, you were saying something, or oh, actually, let me not, let me finish up these cues before okay. I jump into something poetic again, because that's my life. Okay. ADD, baby, all day. <laughs> What's one thing that you are committed to? Uh, telling the truth. Come on, and, yes. In every moment, you know, as, as I'm able to hear it, just mm-hmm. telling the truth. And that can be very, very difficult. That can be very, um, very difficult. And yeah. depending on the situation, it can be very difficult. Yeah. But to can be, be a fucking truth, dangerous, to be honest. Exactly. To be the truth teller in the room always, no matter what the room. I mean, that's, you know. It's just so. like, and that's like the thing, like we, I, I think about this all the time is there is a shit ton of identity politics to especially like within like if we're trying to dismantle systems that are oppressive in some ways i am not like the policy wonk i'm not the person in the room i'm not the person getting the meetings because you know i am depending on my day i could either if i'm looking like a dude i might get an appointment but if i walk in the room and i have lipstick on like bitch like they're not going to want to talk to me because i look like a fucking freak to them um and it's one of those things where it's just like they were they they don't even have ears to hear me if the, if this yeah. is distracting right. you know if my lips are distracting to you because they have lipstick on it you're not ready to hear what god is saying to me right right because like you you think that the form is important right 
And right. that to me just like kills me is that like these conversations are so important and it's like a constant battle of just like, who do I keep around? Because like this person is like good in this way and progressive in this way, but they also associate and have worked with X person who is kind of a problematic X person. It's like, right. Um, my friend Andre Henry and I were talking this morning about the ethic of responsibility versus like the uh, ethic of means to an end. Mm. So it's just like, am I the person who is going to be like, it, as long as like we're pushing towards collective justice, do I compromise on these small, tiny things here and there? But then I also ask the question like, where's the line? Right. Right. And, I think, I think it's ultimately something that again comes from within. Like I, mm. I, if we're ever not expressing the truth of who we are, then we we're we're somehow saying that, or we're judging that, it's ungodly or it's not, mm -hmm. you know, it's not love enough or it's when, how could that be? If it's coming from within you, if it's authentic to you, it's coming from your heart, then mm -hmm. that is meant for, for me, that is meant to be an expression that mm -hmm. should never be compromised. Right. And your, and your comment about form. I mean, that was why I fell in love with Tara mm. um, because that was her vow was to try to illuminate for these monks who mm -hmm. thought she needed to come back in a male body in yeah. order to reach enlightenment. And they were like, and then she was like, okay, so now I know my calling. I'm going to always reincarnate in the female form and be a female Buddha until all beings understand that form is emptiness, emptiness hey. is form. Like it's, it, you know, it's so that is not, and, and that, that really is, in, in, in different language, in a different cultural setting, that is what the Gospel of Mary is saying, is that mm -hmm. you cannot, you cannot delimit someone's worth or, or, or say, you know, gauge whether or not they should have spiritual leadership based hmm. on what you're looking at, you hmm. know, if you're looking, it, that, that, that has nothing, it's, it's the inner transformation. Have mm -hmm. they done the work? Yes. To become that love that is within them, have they done that work? That's the only and the thing about criterion. it is, is that you, when you look at somebody, like you're gonna see it. Like it's something that you've talked about. It's something right. I always in uh, my talks, especially when like queer inclusive theology, I'm like, look at the fruit of a theology. Right. Look at its. Right. Look at the data. Look at the outcome. Because right. if any outcome causes separation, death, right, hurt, pain. Right. I mean, I believe in what Jesus taught us is like, God would never hurt me. Right. Like love would never hurt me. Right. And like, I have the, like people who is like, are still traumatized around like, even just like the word God or yeah. spirit. It's just like, no, nah, that was, that was somebody else who did that to you. Right. And I really want you to, to heal that, that you're a course in miracles, like person, right? Yes. Yes, I, I had trouble actually reading the text itself because it's very, um, mm. it's very, it's concrete to me. And it's very, mm -hmm. there's a lot of masculine anchored, you know, yeah. ideas. And so the expression of it, but there have been people who have lightened it and mm -hmm. have sort of freed it from the sort of masculinist yeah. language. That's what's so interesting to me is like, it's so profound. Like I've been in it for like, probably half a year now. And that's also my, my big issue is just like, I'm just like, I get what you're saying, but you're, you're, you're not, it's like, I wish we could tweak it ever so slightly yeah. just to like make it make sense. So like whenever I read it or I use it as like a meditation with people, I make all the, the gender language just neutral. I, I um, have a, a close friend, Holly Holden. She's the wife of Robert Holden, who's done mm -hmm. a lot of work with the course. He wrote a book called Holy Shift which mm, yeah. took sort of the, the greatest bits and nuggets out of um, A Course in Miracles. And, um, but she wants to rewrite the course um, mm. so that it has gender inclusive language, which mm -hmm. would be, so it's not so much of the heavy God, the father, God, the father. Yeah. So. And being able to understand it. Cause like a lot of that language around like sonship doesn't make sense anymore for a lot right. of people, even like right. within like Christian context, like right. the idea of like the single sonship, God only has one son. I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. You guys are missing the point. Anyways, um, <laughs> you were talking about 
the part about going interior, there's one of the lessons I love that says, I will be still a moment and go home. And it's where like, there's this invitation to come back to this place that's so deep within yourself. Yes. And once you get there, you realize, oh, I was always here. Yes. I was just inside of a frightful dream. And like today, I think also the language itself, it talks about like, I will accept that I am part of God's plan. Yes. And it's like, what would, what would it be like for so many of us to just ex- like, just accept God loves you. It's very, and it, the people will be just like, is it really that simple? And I'm just like, behold y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved the, um, the, most sacred place on earth is where an ancient hatred has become a present love. That to me is the practice of Christianity. I mean, that to me Mm. really is the spirit of, and and that includes our own body, you know, Mm -hmm. it includes, and as you were saying, like the the deep wound in in terms of the church um, when it comes to homophobia and misogyny Mm. and um, just anyone who in any way doesn't fit the idea of, of what would be sacred or what would be, mm-hmm. um, you know, ordainable. <laughs> Especially ordainable. My God. <laughs> My God. That was my conversation with the divine feminine herself, Megan Watterson, feminist theologian and author. It was so nice to revisit that conversation. Megan, thank you for connecting with me and taking time. I have such respect for you and uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a lovely time. And um, I can't wait till the world opens up so we can do like some weird public event together where we teach people about like how to pray again or some shit. It's gonna be great. Anyways, uh, if you want to connect with Megan, please find her all over the internet at Megan Watterson. And that is M-E-G-G-A-N Watterson, W-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. So that's double G, double T, Megan Watterson. You can find all of her work at MeganWatterson.com. The book that I love uh, is Mary Magdalene Reveal. That's her latest release. But check out all of her other stuff, including Reveal and her, uh, her Oracle deck, the Divine Feminine Oracle such an incredible tool especially if you're like me and are into the the more delightful woo areas of life anyways i uh, i've got nothing much else to say so let's go ahead and run some credits uh did you know that this podcast is supported by 121 people on patreon and patreon is the easiest way for you to support the creatives in your life that are making the things that matter so if you like this podcast and you think we need to have more shit like this we want to or you think that like or maybe like megan or maybe you like me like become a sustaining partner on patreon because it's the easiest way to help this podcast continue going because you're helping pay my bills And, you know, if I can pay my bills, then I can actually focus on making dope content like this. Um, And I think it's more important than ever, honestly, to be having these conversations and have more touch points to turn to. Because the more that we get this message out into the world, this message of hope, this message that maybe there's a different way to do faith. Maybe there's a different way to believe. Maybe there's a better way of being human. I think the better off the entire world will be. So if you want to learn more about becoming a sustaining partner and learn about the amazing perks that come with being a sustaining partner, like the, month, the monthly workshops, uh, the newsletters, the, uh, the, day, the, the, the weekly, mm-hmm, wow, I can't talk, the weekly meditations that I put out on Patreon, it's a, it's a pretty dope time. So please do not miss out. Get yourself over to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and become a sustaining partner today. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, I've got uh, something big coming up. Thank you to everyone who came to the Big Queer Bible Study last weekend. It was so much fun. And we're, it was so popular, we're going to be turning it into an entire series. So if you want more info on that, please go to thekevingarcia.com slash blog. And you can learn more about that. Um, I think that's everything. Go buy my book. If you haven't read my book, what are you doing? It's very good. It's called Bad Theology Kills. It's Undoing Toxic Theology and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority. It's my favorite thing, and I'm currently, y'all, I'm currently working on a book proposal for a book for 2021. Hopefully, maybe. Um, It might be 2022 by the time it actually gets out there. You never know, but I feel like 
I feel like 2021's doable. I've got big ideas, big plans, and I think we can do it. So, all right, I think that's everything from me. So like I said before, please make sure you are registered to vote. Make sure you and all of your friends and your family have plans to vote. Vote early if you can. And yeah, make sure you're taking your medication. Make sure you call your person. Make sure you drink some water, move your body, take a nap if you need to. And also look at yourself in the mirror. And if you can, look at yourself in the mirror naked and tell yourself that you love yourself. Tell yourself that you love yourself every single day and see what happens. I promise you that you're going to feel so much better. So no matter where you're at, no matter where you are, no matter how fucking depressed you feel, I want you to know that you are still revolutionary. You are still strong and we are going to make it through this time together. Thank you so much for the support that you give me all the time online uh, and the kind words you drop in my DMs. Those really, really are encouraging. And so I want you to know that like... Um, it doesn't go unnoticed. All right? I love you. Okay, this has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. I'm Kevin, and I am now going to the beach for a couple days because I haven't been anywhere in forever. I love you so much. Yes, I'm going to be wearing a mask and keeping my social distance. Don't you worry. I love you so much. Bye. Bye.